you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. We are broadcasting live and direct. This is... It's day one officially, but it's kind of day two because there was a family event last night and you yes. could get registered and get checked in. But it's the first official day yeah. at the Texas Homeschool Coalition's convention. And we are excited to be here. I had yes. the opportunity to present earlier today. I think our first guest, um, Andrew Pudua, mm-hmm. you've already presented today. I once, did do or, once, yes. And you're going to present again. Today and one more and tomorrow. And then one more tomorrow. My yeah. Goodness. Yeah, but this is the world of like homeschooling conventions, right? Like, this I is what love you do. it. I love it. So we are excited to get to talk to you because you are a staple and you've been a fixture in the homeschooling communi- community for many, many years. You're a father of seven. And talk a little bit about your area of expertise and your ministry. Yeah, I have a little company called the Institute for Excellence in Writing. And we produce a language arts curriculum to help parents, help children learn the arts of language, listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking uh, better. So we teach uh, English grammar and composition. I have a poetry memorization program that I love very much. We have uh, early reading and writing materials, and uh, I've been doing this over 25 years. Talk a little bit about how much you've seen the approach to um, kids learning to read and learning to master writing. Like, How have you seen that change over the years, especially with increased use of technology and the way kids' brains are being affected by that. Have you noticed in your line of work a shift in that? Yeah, I would say, unfortunately, <clears throat> I would the, the general vocabulary level of kids today is significantly lower than it wow. was like 20 years ago. Um, kids read less. You know, they'd rather be looking at screens than reading books. Um, a lot of people coming into the homeschool world are coming out of Uh, an educational environment that is probably not as literate and Mm. as good Mm -hmm. as it was maybe 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're just kind of working to create materials that meet people where they're at and improve these basic skills that are so important. I mean, everyone agrees if you want to be successful in learning anything, Mm -hmm. you need to listen you need to speak, mm-hmm. you need to read, you need to write, you need to think well. And that's, yes. that's our, our territory. You know, and our focus as parents, um, and as first and foremost as Christian parents, is that it is vitally important to us that our kids are able to understand God's Word, that they're able to read and draw out of the text what God intends for us to know about who He is Amen. and how He intervenes in the affairs of men. And it really concerns me that we are in a time where it's not that, oh, we just want our kids to read books. That's great, I mean, for their personal enrichment, but also that we have kids and adults who aren't reading God's Word. And indeed, 
would probably sit down to the Bible and couldn't keep their focus, couldn't kind of be dialed in, and then would not be able to comprehend what is being read. Well, if you were to, say, think back to, say, 150 years ago, it was almost like every family would do this. Mm -hmm. You know, they would read the Bible and talk about it. In schools, you know, it used to be normal for kids to memorize scripture. That's right. And with the kicking out of God from public education and then the um, marginalizing of good and great literature based Mm. on the Judeo-Christian tradition. Right. With the minimizing of the discipline of memory and the worship of everything modern and progressive, Mm -hmm. we've just, you know, moved away culturally from that. So, you know, part of, a a big part of my work isn't creating curriculum for kids as much as it's helping parents and teachers that are interested learn a system that helps kids read and understand what they're reading and then speak and re-articulate ideas. Because when you when you retell something, that's when you really start to understand that's it. That's right. That's right. It really well. becomes a part of kind of who you are and how you think when you are able to um, take it in, digest it, process what you've just read, communicate, even disagreement with it. Like you've read something, I don't I don't agree with this. When we talk with our kids and um, as we read with them and they're reading God's Word, we are actively discussing God's Word because we don't, we're not trying to design robots. Right. So we say, like, so what stands out to you about this? Like, what what are you drawing from God's word? And, you know, just having a kid who's able to do that, uh, I think is so vital in preparing them to live in the culture. Talk a little bit about um, what you offer to parents, maybe for some of our parents who are listening, um, those who are currently homeschooling, and maybe they have a struggling reader or they have um, maybe someone who, you know, their attention span is not what the parent would like. What do you offer to parents in the way of (laughs) encouragement and a different means by which to educate? Well, one thing is um, I've been doing a podcast for many years. So we've got uh, close to 400 podcast episodes. Wonderful. And I would say our most popular ones are pertaining to kids who have learning challenges, a lot of dyslexia, dysgraphia, ADD, uh, auditory processing. And what... realize that for those kids the whole process is complex insanely complex and to help them you have to take that complex process and break it into smaller more manageable teachable learnable units okay kind of what our whole is taking small pieces and then helping parents give that to children at the speed at which they can master. Mm, I think that's so important because especially among homeschoolers, uh, and you've been at this many, many years, my experience has been that there's a lot of comparison among families. You know, you sit down to dinner, you're going to get together with the Smiths. The Smiths get a bad rep, right? But you're going to sit down with the Smiths. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, invariably you've got a parent who is talking about where the kid is, and, and, and then you go, wait a minute, you know, Bobby's not doing that. Right, and, right. and so then you think that you're failing. But it's so important to really assess your kids' needs individually, like right where that kid is. Yeah, one of the things I try to encourage new homeschooling parents is to disattach themselves from grade level, 
right? Because grade good. level doesn't mean anything. Right. Being in fifth grade doesn't mean you learned fourth grade. It just <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> means you're approximately ten and a half years old. Yeah. So if if you can stop comparing your children with other people's children, yeah, then the comparison becomes your child with themselves. Mm, so that's good. are they making progress? That's what's important. Now, where are they in a a reading or writing or math or general knowledge pathway compared to other kids because mm-hmm. every child is different every That's child right. has a different neurology and background and all that i'm sorry i mean am we getting a cue no i just want to make sure because i know he has a presentation okay so yes. oh i'm fine yeah. so okay yeah i think we can go to this break i just okay well let me get in some some because i want to talk about some of the content that you're going to be presenting sure. i know you're talking about the differences in the way that girls and boys are you already talked about i did that one this morning yeah how way. boys and girls actually hear differently, see differently, and handle stress and pain very differently. And there are implications for that in our teaching in both boys and girls. You know, whether it goes to just speaking louder because boys don't hear as soft of sounds, um, or using (laughs) things with color and texture, which girls relate to and process visually better, uh, to the idea of stress. and. You know, boys and girls' initial reaction to stress can be very, very different. Yes. So, uh, yeah, actually, that's a a great talk. And if people wanted to get the whole thing, they can get that off our website at IEW.com. Okay, say the website again. IEW. IEW.com. And then what about the podcast? If people want to connect, how, how do they find that? What's the title uh, of your it's podcast? It's called The Arts of Language Podcast. Okay. And they can also go to IEW.com slash podcast. Okay. Um, or just search on a podcast, you know, Apple or or Twitter. Switch or whatever people use. Wherever people go today. Yeah, for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are there. All right. So tomorrow, um, your presentation is Preparation for Persecution. Um, our listeners can understand why. I'm I'm going to ask you to share just a little bit. I don't want to get ahead of your presentation. Sure. No, um, you know, I've, I've had it on my heart for quite a long time that while God is in charge of everything, God is in control, if we look historically, mm-hmm. you know, there have been times when Christians suffered active persecution. And part of my argument is there's nothing preventing that from happening in the next decade or two, Mm. even in a country, even in a state where we believe we have religious and political freedom, Mm -hmm. there seem to be a lot of indicators that that's um, being eroded very rapidly. Absolutely. So, you know, hypothetically, if you were stripped of everything, if you were all alone and didn't have all the things you have, let's say you're, you know, in a prison and you don't even have a Bible, Mm. what would you have left and how would you deal with that? So I've studied the lives of Christians who have suffered persecution, uh, imprisonment, oppression, uh, you know, whether it was during the Nazi or Soviet eras uh, or before Castro's Cuba. And what's interesting to me is the stories of people who kept their faith, they, they remained strong, Yes. they kept their families intact in a time where the world was just surrounded by lies. Mm-hmm. How did they do that? And so that's the subject of the uh, talk, which is how wow. do you help furnish the mind yes. so that when you don't have anything, you don't even have your phone, you're yes. stripped of connection, yes. Yes. what you have left is what you carry around, the poems, the songs, the scripture, the stories that yes. will keep your moral imagination alive and keep your faith locked in. And the interesting phenomena seems to be the 
the more you suffer, the stronger you become. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. My wow. goodness. This um, is a very important topic and conversation because this, we've been comfortable so long. That's exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. We have been we have been called to come and suffer. Yeah. You know, and I think of the um, what I have read about the early days of the homeschooling movement. I went to public school, public um, college education. So <laughs> so we came to homeschooling truly being led by the Lord. Like there's no you know, we don't have a long line of this. But I, what I have read and understood about the struggles of the early homeschooling movement, that it really was in defense and protection of our kids. And so there was something that you were um, consciously working against. You were aware that you were protecting your kids. Right. Now it's so much easier to homeschool, and it's kind of in vogue now. You know, you're not weird if you say you homeschool. People see that as a legitimate alternative. An option. It's, yeah. a, it's a legitimate but option. I'm trying to actually go way before homeschooling and think about the first few centuries after Christ. Mm-hmm. So early Christians, how did they educate their children? Mm-hmm. They didn't educate them so that they could, you know, get a good education so they could get a good job so they could make money and be comfortable so they could have children who get a good education to make money and be comfortable yes they actively educated their children to prepare them for martyrdom yes because that's what was going on in almost all of the world in the first few centuries after jesus yes so how would we today actually prepare our children to face that level of persecution. Yes. And could we go to our death joyfully singing praises to the Lord? Uh, so, you know, it's a radical difference it really is, than but where it's, most of us are as parents and adults in this very comfortable world, as you said, comfort. Yeah. You know. I know it, it sounds counterintuitive, but it's encouraging to me that this is a topic that you're going to discuss because I think it's one that we we choose to ignore because it's not comfortable. We don't know how to reconcile this to our American lifestyle that is always pretty comfortable. You know, I mean, we're founded on Judeo-Christian values, and so we've enjoyed, you know, a pretty comfortable existence. But all throughout the world, and indeed the history of the church, the Lord establishing his church, why is it important that the Lord says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church? Well, because the attempts will be made. Yes. And so. And, you know, if you look at history, things can happen very quickly. Mm-hmm. You look at the, you know, the rise of Soviet Russia. You look at the rise of Nazi Germany. Yes. You look at the rise of communist Cuba. You look at the Cultural Revolution in China, you know, and all of these very active persecutions of traditional values, Christian faith, Judeo-Christian tradition, they happen very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think we could get blindsided and boom, we could lose freedoms just overnight and nothing to do about it except yeah. complain. But then, you know, what happens after that? Mm. Well, the people who oppose the regime, so. Yeah. Man, I like, listen. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, we're going to go to break here. Andrew Pudawa, and I'm going to say the website again, IEW.com, IEW.com. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. 
Here's Bert Harper on the AFA Fishbowl Retreat 2023. We are so determined to come alongside the church and to support pastors who share Christ with others, but also stand in the gap for righteousness. And Fishbowl will encourage that pastor to be that kind of a man. Bert and his wife, Jan, are hosting again this year with speakers Jeff and Debbie Shreve from Real Truth for Today. Every difficulty that comes into your life and my life, it's a test of faith the stormy sea where Jesus is asleep in the boat. That's a test of their faith, and they didn't do very well. And so most of the time when we ask that question why, God's response is, my child, just trust me. The AFA Fishbowl Retreat 2023, September 26th through the 28th at the Riverbend Retreat Center in beautiful Glen Rose, Texas. Register at repairingthefoundations.net, repairingthefoundations.net, or call 662 844 5036 extension 297 the following is not an actor but a real life story from trinity debt management i'm corinne this is my story i was going through some financial troubles paying off my credit cards i was paying high interest rates and it just wasn't getting any better and i knew i had to do something so my mom told me about trinity and so i decided to call Trinity was able to do something that I couldn't. I'm paying off my debt. I'm saving thousands and things are really looking up. I promise you guys, you will not regret it when you call Trinity because it was such a relief and less stress in my life. And it was the best thing I could have done for myself because once I called Trinity, they took care of me and I felt such a relief, a weight off my shoulders and they are a Christian based company. I love it. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I'm Corey, and I'm debt-free for keeps. 1-800-788-1813. This is Don Shank with today's global update from the Tide Ministry, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide in the languages people were born to speak. We're just days away from our second annual race to share the gospel. This virtual half marathon invites participants to run, walk, or bike 13 miles between April 29th and May 14th to bring awareness to the work we are doing in the Middle East. Participants will be able to virtually traverse the streets of a city in Yemen and pray for those who don't yet know the truth about Jesus. This is just another example of addressing the incredible spiritual needs in the Middle East, a region of the world full of turmoil where 99% of the inhabitants do not follow Christ. When everything seems so uncertain, Believers in Christ can stand on the hope and promises of God, confident that He has a plan and a purpose for everything. To learn how you can be a virtual praying presence among lost souls in a faraway country through the Tide Race to Share the Gospel, visit thetide.org slash race. That's thetide.org slash race. When I look in the mirror and don't like what I see, oh, I just thank you for always loving me and I know I get bad but you wait patiently oh I just thank you for always loving me oh I just thank you welcome back this is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio we are broadcasting live and direct from the Dallas Fort Worth area I guess we're in Allen Allen yes. Texas is where we are Yes. At uh, the Marriott Convention Center. This is the Texas Homeschool Coalition Convention. Yes. They host two conventions, um, mm. one in the Dallas area and then another one mm. in Houston. In Houston. Yeah. That will be June 1st through the 3rd. That's we right. will um, also be there as well, broadcasting. And, um, and just what an encouragement it is to see that the Holy Spirit is doing 
um, a, a consistent work, I guess. And I don't know if that sounds, you know, obvious, but the Holy Spirit is doing a consistent work in the hearts and the minds of parents who are trying to equip their kids to stand. We we're just talking with Andrew Pudua, and I mean, my goodness, that's Man. so in line because tomorrow yes. you're presenting yeah. and you're going to be talking about. Yeah, I'm going to be talking about Raised to be Ready. And, um, man, basically what he what he was alluding to and, and mentioning that, man, we have to train up our children to uh, uh, see where they are living as a modern-day Babylon. Yes, and absolutely. And just as, you know, Daniel and his companions, you know, they were ready to uh, enter into Babylon without Babylon getting into them. Yes. We have to have the same mindset uh, for our children that, we have to raise them to be ready for whatever comes because, man, there's a, a, lot of, a lot of indoctrination, just as Daniel had. You know, there's a lot of voices, a lot of things that would go against the faith that they would have to stand up against. And so if they're fortified in their faith, mm -hmm. then they can be ready to stand when everybody else is folding. So, oh, man. And, uh, and that's yeah. the time that we used to say we're headed in yeah. that time, but that's the time that we're in now. Right you know, now. it's amazing. There are so many kids here. And if you really just stop and think about it, it can be a little bit overwhelming to think about um, all of these kids and their parents have dreams and desires for them. Yeah. Like one of the reasons that the parents are here this weekend is because, man, how do I steward well right. these kids that the Lord has entrusted to me? I mean, right. you've got the exhibit hall that's filled with resources. Yeah. You've got all of these different speakers throughout this conference um, who are sharing and equipping and hopefully building up and edifying yes. one another. But then at the end of the day, if the parent doesn't have the true reason why yeah. he or she is doing what he or she is doing, then all of those things, really, they're just the trimming, you know? Yeah. And I was talking to someone today uh, who's actually uh, working this event, is not a part of the homeschooling convention, uh, but he's a law enforcement. Oh, yes. And he mentioned his his children are, are older. Mm -hmm. But he's like, man, just seeing this, seeing the resources, he said, like, man, you know, in talking with my wife, I'm like, man, could we help our potential grandchildren? Yes. You know, out with, with, with educational needs and, and, and discipling them. He, he said, this is a viable option that I never really knew about. But being here these couple of days, I feel like I've learned so much just by looking at the resources and different yes. things that, man, how can we help? He said, my, my daughters are not there yet. They're not married. He said, but we're just thinking ahead. I think that's the place <laughs> to be. I think that is exactly what we need. Listen, we have to be, this is like kind of like on all hands on deck. Yes. I was just talking with uh, Kristen who listens to us in Lubbock. And she's here with her mom, okay. and she walked up to me, and we've met Kristen before. Yes, um, and and she was like, "This is my mom. She helps me with homeschooling. Like this Man. is this is." And it's and family. I am look. I'm all about the village. I believe that there is a village, the right, right village. But we pick it. <laughs> we, we pick, pick it. the people. Right. And I think if grandparents, and I've said this for a, a little bit now, and I'll keep saying it, but I think if grandparents could really see themselves um, as a, an incredible work that they are doing not just as you know the, the taking you to get ice cream but right. but to really be a part of investing in the lives of their grandchildren because the world is really putting all hands on deck oh, to yeah. indoctrinate our kids away from truth oh yeah and I, I think we have grandparents we have aunties and uncles who see what's happening in this culture and have children in in, in their lives and they're like man what can i do well, you can help out those parents. If those parents are open, which I hope they are, to mm -hmm. godly wisdom uh, to be able to help out, man, we can do this. We can, you know, make the family central 
again. That's right. That's you exactly know, because right. the family not being central, you know, a father's not being in the homes, different things like that. You know, us just being busy yes. and, and, and uh, just uh, letting others raise our children, yes. whether it be the school system or the church or whatever. That the first stop for the gospel, and I always said say, say this is the home. Yes, you know we, that should be that's the on ramp that God has created, you know, for the gospel to be presented uh, to our children in the home. And so I think it's going to take a family. It's going to take grand, grandmas, grandpas being able to come and say, "I can do this," or "I can do that." You know, it's going to take parents being open to their parents mm-hmm. to help, you know, yeah. not, not for them to raise so he, your children. Humility there. Humility. Yeah. To say, okay, man, I, I would need your help. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a great thing if we can just only do it. You know, we were uh, in Paris, uh, Tennessee last week, yes. and I was talking to a grandfather, and he was talking about his son and his daughter-in-law and, and their, their son, I believe. And one of the things I told him, and I, you know, it's difficult for the parent who needs the help. It's difficult for the parent to say, hey, I need help. Right. Right. But I told him, I said, they need you. <laughs> they need you. Whether or not they say it, whether it or not they admit it. doesn't make you a failure. It, they, right. You, you need, the, you need help. the help. And grandparents are in a unique position to be able to come to your aid. Yes. Like if, if you've got grandparents who love the Lord. Now, right. remember, we talk about picking the village. Yeah. Okay. Who are the people that we are going to trust to be in our circle here? Right. If you've got grandparents who love the Lord and you know that they're not going to be working against all of exactly. your efforts. And that's very why important. Why wouldn't you include them and, and lean on them? That's very important, too. That they wouldn't work against what you're trying to do, you know, and and I think it's just going to take a, a close relationship between between the parent and the grandparents to say this is the parent saying these are our aims, this is where we're going. Can you help us? Yes, you know, and grandparents to to say yes, I'm willing to help, and I'm not going to force my preference. You know, I want to do what you say, but I do want to help. Yes. And man, what could we do if that really happened? Oh my goodness, you know? I I really think that we would be a force again. Um, because if you if you notice what's happening in the world is that they they don't have anybody that's like um, un, unnecessary, mm. right? So like in mm. the world you've got all ages, all hands on deck mm-hmm. for wickedness and right. and to distort truth and to confuse children. Right. But we segregate, separate. We're like, no, this age group over here, and this, and then if you get too up in age, we don't really have a whole <laughs> lot of use for you. Right. But you don't see that in in the world. No. As a result understand. of that, and of course, also them having wickedness on their side. <laughs> right. But as a result of that, they are hugely effective. Yeah. Yeah. And troubling so, troublingly yeah. so, I should say. I don't know if you can say that as a word, but anyway. But I, I was just saying, just in agreement with that, you know, they understand the value of children they understand the value of authority figures mm-hmm. in children's lives they're trying to remove that authority so that they can come in and be the authority you know it's, it's just a wicked scheme but as christians the bible said that we're not ignorant concerning the enemy's devices yes and i, I feel like a lot of times we we act like we're ignorant but man we have the word of god we have the sermon from the holy spirit you know and we should not and we have the weapons to fight with and one of the great weapons is discipleship. That's right. You know, and it happens in the home. We don't have to wait for that to happen. That's something that God has given us the ability to do as a parents. We a lot of times we see ourselves in our children, so we're able to rightly identify, man, that's a problem, you know, and that the Lord would help us to do it. You know, I don't feel like I'm perfect at it. But I'm like, Lord, help me each and right. every day. Fill me with your spirit so that I can do what I'm called to do. You know, I was thinking I want to go back to something that uh, Andrew Pudua began talking about with us. And I, I just kind of want to throw this out at you. 
and and get your take on it. Tell me what you think about this. Mm-hmm. When we talk about persecution, the coming mm-hmm. persecution, and he's going to be doing a session tomorrow on preparing our kids for that. Yeah. We've talked about this a whole bunch. I, I believe, and I, I want to know what you think about this. I believe that beginning to prepare our kids for persecution is kind of readying them to not have this desire to be popular, yeah. to not have this desire to be well-liked and celebrated. And I know that seems basic, yeah. but I really kind of see those things almost sort of as like the precursor to like, you know, needing the approval of the world. Right. It's getting them ready and it's cutting against what is popular in the culture. And the culture would tell you, you know, you need to be popular. You need to be the one that everyone is seeking for and looking mm-hmm. for. You need to have this and have that so that you can stand out. And w- so when we're teaching our children the opposite of that, like, man, humility, you know, uh, don't be self-righteous and things like that, you know, it's cutting against what the world is wanting to offer. And I think just beca- because of that, you know, our children will be seen as different, yes. which will bring persecution. Right. But yeah. we're called to this. We're called to We that. are called yes. to be peculiar. And I think that's something that we've got to embrace again. Yes. The church used to embrace that as followers of Jesus. We used to embrace that difference. You know, we used to see it as like, yeah, we're different. Right. But now people want to be um, selectively different. Mm. <laughs> right. It's yeah. so it's not it's not different for the glory of God, which right. is what we are trying to teach our kids. Right. It's different. Like um, be weird. Be mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. off kilter, kind of like it, it's it's a, it's interesting to watch it. But the church is now trying to blend in, mm-hmm. where we're called to be distinct, and the world is saying like, no, everybody's different. Everybody's right. a little bit weird Peculiar. is the word that you constantly <laughs> he- hear. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, if we can train children yeah. who are not validated by the world's approval, mm-hmm. then we can prepare them for persecution, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think. In some ways, it may be easier to get yeah. a kid to say, hey, I'm, I'm willing to die for Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Because that doesn't seem like it's something that's right in front of them. Yeah. But I think if you can ask a kid, okay, are you, are you ready to be unfriended? Mm-hmm. Right? Are you ready to not be invited to this? It, it's the training wheels, I think, of like readying them for persecution. Because I, I think that's what they're facing in our culture. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think we don't have to be ashamed to... to uh, desire to raise up peculiar children, right? That they would be different, you know, and that they would take that and own it and say, no, "I am different because of Christ, not because of just being weird." Yes, you know, I am different because I have a whole set of beliefs that's different from how this world operates. Right, you know, and I'm thinking about uh, Daniel and his companions. Like, man, there were other uh, Hebrew boys that went along with the system. Yes, went along and bowed down and went along and did and ate the food and all this kind of stuff. But they stood out because they didn't do it. And the reason we talk about them is because they didn't do it. They were peculiar. They had a, 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 a set of beliefs, you know, and they were grounded in those beliefs. Yeah. And so the thing is, we should desire to raise our children that way in this culture. We need to see this as a modern day Babylon. Yes. You know, we need to see this as they're trying to indoctrinate our children, trying yes. to get them to do this and do that. And we're standing up against that. We're going to indoctrinate them first. The only way we have um, created a successful cancel culture in America is that you have people who have been conditioned to need the approval of men. Yes. And so because we have a culture where people are like, no, I've got to be invited to this. I've got to be recognized for this. And because that culture is like everywhere you look, Mm -hmm. right? 
then now you can cancel people. Yeah. You can say, hey, if you don't do this, if you don't say this, right. right, then we will effectively shut you down. Right. But what would happen if we raised well, children who didn't live for that? Cancel culture wouldn't be as effective on, on our children. They wouldn't bow down to that. They, so you don't want me to participate anymore or you're trying to ostracize me? Okay because I'm standing for Christ. And so cancel culture wouldn't be effective in that way. So, okay, so we're going to make a shift. I, yes. Maybe we can just bring, do you say Sonia or Sonia? My mother pronounces it Sonia. Sonia. But I answer to many derivatives, okay. you know. <laughs> As we I'm sure go you with, do. Yes, absolutely. That's yeah. what I say. I say if people get into the ballpark, I'm going to turn around. <laughs> yeah. if, I, if I think I hear my name, I'm going to turn around. Yes. Okay, so Sonia yeah. is what you answer to. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, all of them, but yeah. your mom. <laughs> Sonia, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to make a formal introduction here. You are Sonia Schaefer, and you're a veteran homeschooler. You are well-studied in the Charlotte Mason um, discipline of education, and you're going to have to teach me a little bit about what that is. So we've been homeschooling for a while, but we kind of put our head in the area where we were familiar and just kind of stayed there. Now, I've sure. heard about Charlotte Mason, and I've, I've heard people, like, rave about it. So you're going to have to teach us a little bit about that. But I want to bring you into the conversation we're having. So we're here at the convention, and everybody's milling about and coming in, and so this is, like, not typically the way that we would do radio, right? But you heard a little bit of our conversation. We're talking about being peculiar and talking about readying our kids for the world that they live in now, not necessarily the world that we grew up in or that our parents and grandparents grew up in. It's much different, but the requirements of the Lord have not changed. He still calls us to be holy and distinct and set apart. Um, Your experience in the homeschooling community for many years, talk about the changes you've seen. Yeah, I've seen some changes over the years, back, way back, if you wanna wanna get personal about this. Um, Way back when I started, a lot of the reason people were homeschooling was a proactive approach. Yes. It was, this is the goal we have. Yes. We, we want our kids to be this kind of person, and the way to go about that is to disciple them every yes. day, all day. And so it was very proactive. We'll do what it takes. We're going to research. We're going to do whatever we need to to get there. Now, through a, a variety of reasons... Things have kind of shifted. I still see many parents with that proactive attitude. Yes. But I'm also seeing parents who come into it in a reactive way. Mm-hmm. That I don't want them, I don't want my kids in the public school because of what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. And so I need to think of something else. Here, I'll do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a friend of mine who's an educational consultant for homeschoolers for many years, and she said she's getting phone calls of parents saying, I've pulled my kids out. I'm going to homeschool them. Where do I send them? <laughs> <laughs> they stay home. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, wait, wait, That's wait. funny. That, that is beautiful. <laughs> wow. I'm going to homeschool them. Where do I send them? Okay, so I want we're going to I hear the music here. I want to unpack that. I love where you're where you're going with this. So this is the reactive approach to what we see happening in the culture. We realize that our kids need to be protected, right? Yes. But then we just kind of don't know exactly what to do next. So this is this is where you come in. This is where your level of expertise comes in. This is where your encouragement to parents come comes in. And we'll talk about that on the other side of the break here. So what I want to do is just kind of reset. Uh, Simply Charlotte Mason is the website. SimplyCharlotteMason.com. Our guest in this segment is Sonia Schaefer. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You just stay right there. 
Hi, I'm Kirby Anderson, president of Probe Ministries and host of the Point of View radio program. You've probably noticed that many young Christians leave the church after they graduate, but they don't have to graduate from God. That's why I want to invite your children and grandchildren to attend the Probe Mind Games Camp in Texas. We prepare them for college and their entry into a world that will challenge their faith. This one-week camp includes lectures, role play, along with some great fun. It will take place June 18th to the 24th. Go to probe.org for more information. Hi, I'm Dr. Jessica Peck, host of the Dr. Nurse Mama Show, the home of happy parents and healthy teens on AFR.net. I serve as your expert guide to engage, equip, encourage, and empower you to navigate life's toughest issues with your teens. We explore health impacts and home strategies to create a safe space in an unsafe world. The Dr. Nurse Mama Show on AFR.net. God made His design for marriage and family absolutely clear. Unfortunately, the world listens to Satan and therefore has a totally opposite view. Your friend who is saying, I encourage my daughter to identify as my son because I want to be loving and accepting Christian, you need to say that is child abuse. The Marriage Family Life Conference 2023 wants to restore God's plan. July 6th through the 8th at the Cadence Bank Arena and Conference Center in Tupelo, Mississippi. Strengthen your marriage and your family with Dr. Kathy Cook. So they choose the quality. They keep making the same choice. The ability develops. It becomes a natural part of who they are. It becomes a part of their character. It marks them. Ryan Bomberger. We are the ones who care for people after they're born. I mean, one of my parents adopt us and throw us in a cage. Hey, go fend for yourself. No. And many more. The Youth Apologetics track is back as well. The Marriage Family Life Conference 2023, for His glory alone. Register today at marriagefamilylife.net. AFA Foundation Director Riley Wildman. A charitable gift annuity is perfect for AFA supporters with an eternal perspective like Lucy Overstreet. Psalm 78 tells us that we are to tell our children and our grandchildren and the future generations after them what the Lord has done in our lives and what the Word of God says. Lucy's charitable gift annuity will keep supporting this ministry for generations. I wanted something that would have eternal value, and that's the way I think of the American Family Association investment. Contact Riley Wildman and her staff at the AFA Foundation and find out if a charitable gift annuity is right for you. 800-326-4543, extension 345. Or visit our website, afafoundation.net. My life is not about me, it's about him. It's nothing new under the sun. It's nothing new under the sun. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We really do appreciate you listening and allowing us to spend this hour with you and talking about homeschooling. We are at the Texas Homeschool Coalition's homeschooling convention and um, my goodness what a great time we're having there's so many kids walking back and forth which I just think if we could invest in our kids if we could culture proof our kids there I mean there's so much 
for the Lord to work with yes. in this yes. country if we would be faithful. Joining us in this segment, we started in the last segment, we're just going to continue our conversation, is Sonia Schaefer, who is a national speaker, um, certainly among the homeschooling um, community, uh, very well known, also well studied in Charlotte Mason, this approach to educating kids. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we went to the break, we were talking about the way that we've seen the approach to educating kids at home change. Um, you said that it was once um, proactive, right? So here is what I want to I want to fortify my kid. I want to make sure. Um, but then now kind of shifting more to it being reactive. I don't like what I'm seeing. So I'm pulling my kid out. And now what do I do? Now what do I do? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I and I'm not saying everybody is going that direction. Mm -hmm, sure. And it's not necessarily a bad thing to do. I think the Lord can use that in our hearts and minds as well to get us started down a little different yes. path. Um, but I, I think it all comes down to the way that God educates and disciples his own children is the pattern that we should take for discipling our children. Okay, let's talk about that. It's very much relational. Yes, that's right. It is not just dump a bunch of facts in the person's head. Mm -hmm. It is he knows each of us individually and uniquely and deeply, yes. intimately. And so he tailors our growth as a Christian yes. after that, after his knowledge and relationship with us. It's not like he has a set scope and sequence. You know, that's you have right. to learn this at this time and this at this time. Yes. And, and I think that the homeschooling model allows us to approach our children with that relational aspect yes. as the highest, um, not the highest goal, mm -hmm. but that's, that's like the foundation, yes. I guess, that we build everything else on. You know, it was so difficult for us, so we didn't always homeschool. So our two oldest kids, we have six children, and our two oldest kids... Um, we we were like, okay, we're going to say them. they're going to be missionaries. And then you come to the place where you're like, I have not actively discipled my child. Mm -hmm. There is no way that, that my kid is going to reach another kid and she doesn't know what she believes or why she believes it. We've got to fortify our kids. Yeah. So that's in brief the kind of moment that we had there. But you also, you have this learning curve when you come to homeschooling, right? Yes, you're like, yes. I'm just going to recreate what I've known, public school at home. Right. And then it drives you crazy, right? <laughs> and so this relational aspect that you're talking about in the beginning almost feels like failure. Yes. Because you're not... You don't have the paper trail. Yes. 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 Because when God disciples his children and grows his children, you don't have a paper trail. Right. Exactly. Exactly. A, a relational discipleship model is is hard to nail down. Yes. And, and it's because it's so, we'll say, uncertain mm -hmm. in that you're never quite sure what's going to come up next. Mm -hmm. You're never quite sure what's going to happen next. Um, it pushes you off center, out of your comfort zone. But I love, I think it's um, Hudson Taylor who said something about stress is not bad. Pressure is not bad. It's just whichever way it makes you lean. Mm. If, it, if the mm -hmm. pressure pushes you into the Lord, mm -hmm. then it's a good thing. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And I think that's what this does. Homeschooling yeah. makes us look past the fear, makes us focus on the Lord, because it's kind of like that optical illusion, you know, the one that you can either see a vase yeah. or you yeah. can see two faces, that's, yes. you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's like you can either look at the Lord 
and say, okay, you called me to this. You're going to equip me for this. I'm dependent on you Mm -hmm. every moment of every day. Amen. Or you can look at your own fear and focus on yourself. And the more you do that, the more scared you get. That's right. Because we're so flawed as humans. That's right. That's right. So are you describing, when you talk about a relational approach to education, are you describing the Charlotte Mason approach? Is this, tell us a little bit about this approach and help us understand. Yeah, a Charlotte Mason approach is, is about relations. Um, Charlotte Mason was a British educator in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and her methods permeated, basically started an educational revolution in Great Britain, both in homeschool rooms and in school rooms. Okay. And so her, one of her big mottos was education is the science of relations. Hmm. And it's not, not only relation between you and your child, but it's helping your child form a relation with other people who live in the world, present and past, learning their stories, mm-hmm. learning to know them as people, mm-hmm. and learning from that how they stood up when, when culture around them was pressing in, and how they felt when that was happening, yes. and what decisions they made, and what happened as a consequence of those decisions. Um, so relations with other people, relations with God, Charlotte said that's the primary thing, of mm-hmm. course. Relations with God's creation. Mm-hmm. That, that includes science and math and mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. And a relation with himself. Mm-hmm. Understanding the possibilities as well as the potential pitfalls of just being a human. Yes. And so all of that is combined into a Charlotte Mason approach. So this has been um, such a blessing and so helpful to tens of thousands of families. Like, I mean, just the response. What do you think makes the Charlotte Mason approach so different? Like, how is it that you maybe have a family that's struggling with home education and then they encounter this approach? Why does it radically change what they're doing? A couple of things. One is philosophical and one is very practical. Okay. All right. Philosophically, I think it's because of Charlotte's big emphasis on educating the whole person. Okay. That we're not just dumping facts into their minds. We are educating the whole person and respecting that child mm-hmm. as a unique individual. But then, so all of her methods flow into that and from that. Okay. But then practically, with a Charlotte Mason approach, at least the way Simply Charlotte Mason is set up, you can teach all of your children together for most subjects. Okay. Because they're topics. History is a topic. It doesn't matter if you study Civil War in fourth grade or in eighth grade. No, it's a topic, you know? That's good. And so all of the topical things you can study all together as a family, it's only the skill-based subjects that need to be taught Mm one-on-one because you're going, again, back to the child as a person. Yes. You're going at that child's individual pace Mm -hmm. in those skill-based subjects. So it saves you a lot of time. It saves you a lot of effort, but it also builds those interpersonal relationships. Yes. Just like a one-room schoolhouse, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if this also changes, uh, we think about the struggling relationships between parents and children, especially when you're home educating them, right? Because you spend a lot of time together and you're dealing with personalities. I'm wondering if the Charlotte Mason approach also takes that into uh, consideration and maybe that's the blessing in it that you build a strong relationship because it's not just do this and do that and get it back to me by Wednesday. Yeah, exactly, exactly. One of my favorite quotes to, one of my favorite tips, I'll say, 
that I tell parents is teach the child, not the curriculum. Focus on teaching that child how long should they stay on this particular subject? How long does this child need to stay? Yeah, yeah. Teach the child. Don't just go through the curriculum. It's like the difference between good. between um, baking a cake and baking making a recipe. You mm-hmm. know, I am not a good baker. All right, you're here. You're, okay, <laughs> raising our hands together. Then. Same. Okay, so I follow the recipe. Yes. To the letter. Yep. And if it says put that cake in that oven at 30 minutes, mm-hmm. I am pulling that thing out. Right. And That's I don't right. care if it wiggles in the middle. You know, <laughs> we'll eat around the edges. <laughs> because yeah. this is what they told me to do. Exactly. Yeah. But if you're baking the cake, the people who know have told me, if it wiggles, you would put it back in for a couple of minutes. Mm. And then you check it again. And then there's something you do with a toothpick that's yes, supposed to that's be the right, magic that's thing. Yes, that's right. That's right. Comes out dry, clean, and you're good. Yeah. There you go. So it's the same way with our children and the curriculum. That's good. If you're if you're teaching the curriculum and it says stay on the plus fives for two weeks, well, maybe your child already knows his plus fives and he's going to be bored to tears mm-hmm. if you spend two more weeks on it. Mm-hmm. On the other hand. Maybe your child is really struggling with math and is going to need two months on the plus fives. So you teach the child. Make the curriculum your servant. Don't let it become your master. Oh, that's so good. That was really difficult for me in the beginning. I have to tell you, many of my tears, and I I do mean literal tears. Absolutely. You know, it revolved around this constant feeling of I'm failing them. You know, I felt like... I'm the one. Like, I'm not going to be able to look down the line and say, well, I don't know what they taught you down at that school. Because it's me. I'm the school. Like, here I am. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame me. And, you know, yeah. and there's this point where if a, your kid says, I'm homeschooled, and then you have these expectations of what the kid should know at a certain point, and you're out in public, and somebody asks your kid a question, you know, you're just like, please get it right, please get it right, please get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Because right now, everything that we do hinges on you getting this answer right. <laughs> Talk about the way parents can take a deep breath and kind of step back away from that and understand. And I think you're covering this, but there's an entire ministry that is available to us when we educate our kids at home. Yes, absolutely. It's all about what your goals are. Yeah. Is your goal to make sure your child has mental knowledge of certain facts by a certain age? Mm-hmm. That's not how God educates his children. Right. Right. Not at all. And this is about where is my child now and what's next? Yes. And then what's next after that? And perhaps this child needs a tweak this way, and this child needs a tweak this way. But it's about celebrating growth wherever you see it. I love Mm -hmm. how Charlotte's goal of education is growth. We learn in order to grow as a person. Yes. And and it's especially been helpful to me with a special needs child. Oh, talk about that. We have four daughters. I call them my little women. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my youngest has, um, is dealing with autism, pervasive developmental delays, sensory processing, auditory wow. processing, just lots of challenges. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, and, you know, after you get the first two or three done, it's like, I got this down. You think, yes, I'm that's right. Good to go. I'm good to go. Yeah. And that's when you start depending on yourself oh, instead of on the Lord. On. You come know. On. So... The Lord knew I needed a little nudge, a little pressure mm-hmm. to push me closer to him. Mm-hmm. So um, he gave us my youngest. Her, her given name is Hannah, mm-hmm. but she likes to pick a preferred name every day. Is that right? So today it's Holly. So I'm okay. going to call her Holly, Holly out of respect to her. So, <laughs> yeah, um, when the Lord gave us Holly, it was an eye-opener. But what I have found over the years is that 
Charlotte Mason approach is really a collection of methods. It's not a set curriculum. You have to use these certain books. It's, a, it's the way you approach the education. And I could use those same methods and just tweak them to fit Holly. Wow. Where she is. And I've talked to so many parents over the years that they're doing the same thing, and not just with special needs children, mm-hmm. but with all their children. It's all about teach the child. Yes. And yes. It, it all comes back to that. It's been wow. a blessing to me, um, I will just say, in working with our kids and navigating their personalities and, and all of the different ways that they learn. Once I was able to take a step back and not try to recreate public school at home yes. or private school at home, like once I, I realized that the Lord had called us to a mission and, and our highest aim is discipleship. Like that's the heartbeat of our homeschool that we want to make followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have received the faith. We want to pass it on intact to our kids. So everything revolves around that. Once I was able to trust the Lord with that conviction, that he had given us that conviction, that's the way he wired us. I was able to educate them without the stress of comparing, okay, at this point, how old are you? So you should be at this grade level and then Googling what you should know when. Mm-hmm. I mean, because when you start doing that, you just, you're like, and I say this because I was just presenting earlier today and I say this as a joke, but the reality is when you go down that kind of trail, right, then you're ready to throw out just sitting with God's word. Cause you're like, we don't have time for that. Yeah. Because yeah. everything else becomes vital because you're comparing your kid to a chart. And which epistle is it? I'm going to say Corinthians, comparing yourselves with yourselves. You it's are not wise. wise. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's not absolutely right. I love going back to Deuteronomy 6, mm-hmm. but we often skip the first part of that passage. We talk about teach them diligently, yes. impress these on your children. But the very first part of that passage is these laws, these words that I give you today. Come on are to be upon your heart first. Amen. On the parents' heart. That's right. And so it (laughs) creates the atmosphere of your home. The atmosphere is made up of the ideas that are ruling your life as the parents. That's so good. So Charlotte Mason said education is an atmosphere, which is the one that you are setting up in your home. A discipline, by that she meant the discipline of good habits Mm -hmm. that we are intentionally instilling in our children. Mm -hmm. And a life. Yes. That it's all these ideas, these living ideas to help our children grow. Oh, Sonia, thank you so much. I've enjoyed this conversation. Sonia Schaefer has been our guest. We're talking about the Charlotte Charlotte Mason approach, but we're also just talking. Like we're just we're just sharing and just encouraging. And hopefully it's been encouraging to some parents who are listening. I know that we have all types of parents who are educating their kids in many different settings. But if the Lord can take this conversation and encourage you to maybe consider the way that you are structuring life and the way that you are discipling your kids, I'd say the most important thing is to pass on the gospel to your kids. Make sure they know who the Lord Jesus is. SimplyCharlotteMason.com is the website. You can learn more about Sonia when you go there. We're out of time until Monday, Lord willing. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. Faith. Family. Freedom.